Well, turn with me, if you will, to Leviticus chapter 23. And uh, we're going to be there. And also turn a thumb over to John chapter 7. We're going to be in 7 through 9. If I can get my iPad to reconnect. <laughs> Leviticus 23. I just had this set up. There we go. <laughs> Leviticus 23, the third book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And then we're going to be in John chapter three, chapter 7. Um, so you can be, you can be seated. We're just going to be, we're just going to be turn, turning over there, over to there. I'm going to use it as, ref, as reference. So last week we talked about Sukkot. We introduced Sukkot. So Sukkot is the plural Sukkah, which Sukkah stands for booth or tabernacle, or temporary structure, uh, which looks like this. Looks like one of these. So this is a sukkah. So a sukkah is just basically a temporary shelter, and which is built every year at, in, the, in the fall, somewhere around the end of September, beginning of October or so. And so it's a, it is a, just a four-walled thing, um, or you know, a couple of few-walled thing, um, because, uh, that's you know filled with with colors and topped with greenery uh, on there, so you can see through and, and to see the stars, um, so you can see um, see through, um, and, and as well as just with the live roof. Uh, this was our family's this year, so we're, we're still getting there. We're <laughs> just uh, so we're gonna probably build a different one next next year, but you know with the lights and we're gonna we have a, these like colorful streamers and all sorts of stuff, but maybe next year we can have the some sort of branches that we can use as the topper for it. Uh, but sukkahs are the, so are these, um, are these you know, temporary structures that God commanded Israel to live in. So the feast of Sukkot is a week-long feast. It's, it's a, the first day through the seventh day, and then it's got a, a, an eighth day that's a special day that, you, that, we, that uh, people celebrate on. But the, the main point, as we made last week, and I want to reiterate this this, year, this week, is that the Feast of Sukkot, or Tabernacles or Booths, remembers that God provides provision, protection, and presence for those who love Him. So we can gather and celebrate together with great Joy, because it was all, it was a feast, it was a pilgrimage feast where, where people would, would travel to Jerusalem, uh, from all over the empire, from all over the Roman Empire, all the way down to, you know, over to the east and down to the south, all the way up to the north. They would, if they were a Jewish person, they would travel to Jerusalem to celebrate in God's presence and feasting and, and celebrating before the Lord every year. And, and so that was the whole main purpose was that they would come and they would celebrate together. And it remembered when God was with them in the wilderness. After they came out of slavery in Egypt, God parted the Red Sea and they walked, walked through on dry land and then they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. And God provided for them every day. God provided the manna or the bread. It was, you know, or the, you know, the flaky stuff that, you know, broke up and they pounded it into powder and made their, made use it for flour to make their bread, their cakes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, uh, and then they would want, they were wandering through the wilderness for 40 years and God provided meat for them. God provided water for them, but he provided his presence, his leadership, his guidance. God leads his people. 
And so that's what we're going to reiterate here this morning in a diff- from a different angle. So I'm going to read this again just as a reminder of what of Sukkot. I uh, may not may not read the whole thing, but here we go. <coughs> so 33 through 43. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites on the 15th day of this seventh month is the feast of shelters or Sukkot for seven days to the Lord. On the first day uh, is a holy assembly. You must do no regular work. For seven days, you must present a gift to the Lord. On the, eighth day, on the eighth day, there is a holy assembly for you, and you must prepare a gift for the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You must do no regular, you must not do any regular work. Uh, let me skip on just a little bit. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you gather in the produce of the land, you must celebrate a pilgrimage, a pilgrim festival for the Lord for seven days. On the first day is a complete rest. On the eighth day is a complete rest. On the first day you must make, take for yourselves branches of majestic trees, palm branches, branches of leafy, leafy trees, and will of the, of the brook, and you must rejoice before the Lord, uh, your God, for seven days. I want to I I end with that verse. You must re- come and rejoice before the Lord for seven days. So remember, <coughs> excuse me, this was a harvest festival. This was the at the end of gather, at the end of harvesting all of the the fields and and all of the grain and all of the fruits of the of the fields. They would gather all that stuff in. They called it the festival of what in gathering, and they would put it away and store it for the winter. And then they would pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and celebrate for seven days that the work is done, the summer labors have been accomplished, and now we can rest. Party, hearty. This was like the Jewish Oktoberfest. It was a huge celebration. It was a all-out party. Like I said, you must rejoice. It was a rejoicing celebration. It was a happy time. It wasn't a solemn assembly. That was the last day. Remembering that, oh yeah, winter's here. <laughs> right? The snow, well, they, didn't, they don't really get snow in Israel, but except for in the mountains. But it was a time for rest. And it was, they were entering into a season of rest and relying on and praying that the Lord would sustain them on what they had gathered that, that season, that, they, that the Lord would sustain them on that food for the entire rest of the winter before Passover would come, when that was the first fruits, when, and the new harvest, right, for the summer. And so this was a big party. It commemorated God's past goodness and provision during their wilderness sojourn, and it commemorated God's present goodness and provision with the completion of the harvest. Like, like I said last week, that the, that, uh, the Pur- many, many uh, scholars believe that the Puritans uh, were actually Jewish scholars. And they brought the, the practice, because they would celebrate the Jewish festivals, and they believed that Thanksgiving, the first Thanksgiving, was actually a week-long feast that they originated, and that's what we do for Thanksgiving. It was actually a Sukkot meal. Uh, and which is kind of cool. I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. Pretty fun. So let's look at Jesus during Sukkot. So Jesus was a what? A Jew. He was a Jewish man. He was born into a Jewish family, born under the law for those under the law, as Paul would say in the book of Galatians. He, so he was born under the law. He was born <coughs> into a culture celebrating Sukkot. And so that's the main theme uh, that I want to really hone in on here this morning. Um, and this is one of the most beautiful and incredible things. I love, 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 love this. 
Um, and so when I, when I was first reading this, I just, I was like weeping. I was like, this is amazing. Um, so this is John chapter seven. I'm not, I'm not going to read very much. Um, but I just want to read John chapter seven. Ooh, ooh. Um, there we go. To make sure I have the right background up there. There we go. <coughs> so John chapter seven shows, shows us uh, some interesting things. So we're just going to read the first, uh, like 13 verses or so. So after this, Jesus traveled throughout Galilee. He stayed out of, out of Judea because of the Jewish leaders. They wanted to kill him. Now the Jewish feast of shelters, that's we're talking about Sukkot, was near. So Jesus' brothers advised him, leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may, co- may come and see your miracles that you are performing. For no one who seeks to make a reputation for himself does anything in secret. If you're doing, doing these things, well, here's an interesting question. If you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his own brothers believed in him. So Jesus replied, My time has not yet come, but you, but you are all, re- all are ready at any opportunity. This world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I am testifying about it that its deeds are evil. You go up to the to the feast yourselves. I'm not going to go up to this feast yet because my time is not yet fully arrived. When he had said this, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then Jesus himself also went up, not openly, but in secret. So the Jewish leaders were looking for him at the feast, asking, where is he? There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some were saying, he's a good man, but others, he deceives the common people. However, no one spoke openly about him for fear of the Jewish leaders. So, here we see the brothers. So, A, Jesus had brothers, so Mary and Joseph, right? So, so they came together and they had kids. They had, and Jesus had many other brothers and sisters, right? And so, we see this context with the brothers that they're going to Sukkot in Jerusalem. So, Jesus didn't go with them, most likely because he knew that the Jewish leaders were going to be looking for him among his family. So they were probably keeping an eye out for a big group of people that was Jesus' family that they knew. And so he didn't go up with them. He went in secret. And so now we see that Jesus is there. And then we see that uh, <coughs> in uh, chapter or chapter 7, verses 14 through 36, he's teaching in the temple, discussing and debating with them. And now we get to the fun stuff. I'm excited about this. So <coughs> there are two things during the Feast of Sukkot that they would do in the temple during the time of Jesus. So first is what's called the libation ceremony. And the next, the second one is the, cel- the libation celebration. So in the morning, here's the, the, the libation uh, ceremony in the morning. Uh, so they would all gather and dress in white, and they would all gather in the temple courts. And then they would all process down the streets, through Jerusalem, down to the south end of, of town, to a little place called the Pool of, of Siloam. And the Pool of Siloam was known as living water because it was, it was constantly flowing in and constantly flowing out. And so it was a symbol of living water because it was constantly going, right? And so what they would do is that the, the priest, the high priest that year, would take a, a, a vessel and he would dip the, the, the vessel into the water and he would fill it up with living water. And then they would all process back to the temple, all back to the same place, and go into the, into the place where the altar was. 
And the priest would take the, 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 the water and just like the blood, he would pour it out on the side of the altar as a pouring out of the living water, which was a representation, a looking forward to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then we get to this really neat part. Right? Here we go. This is verse 37. On the last day of the feast, this is the seventh day, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted. So this is during the libation ceremony. They're in the temple courts. Look, right here. Here's the setting, right here. He's probably like, you know, chilling right here. Right? That's him. That's Jesus. I don't know. But, or maybe he's up here. Maybe he's up here like yelling down. Hey guys! If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. And let the one who believes in me drink. Just as the scripture says, from within him will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Did you catch that? Jesus is hanging out in the temple courts with thousands of people during the pouring out of the living water. And he says, I am living water. Come to me for living water. And that's why then they start this whole back and forth discussion. When they heard these words, some of the crowd began to say, this is really the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But others still said, no, the Christ doesn't know, doesn't come from Galilee, does he? And he just goes on. They kind of get, get into this whole argument and stuff like that, back and forth. But Jesus is saying, that's going to happen, guys. I'm going to pour out. Anyone who comes to me, anyone who believes in me, will receive that living water. And in just a few years, after Jesus Christ is crucified, died, and was buried, and then resurrected, and then ascended, Ten days later, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit happens at at Shavuot, or Pentecost. And so all those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ receive that living water flowing out of them. That's us. That's you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you have received the Holy Spirit, that's you. You are filled with living water flowing out of you, bubbling up. To eternal life. And then we have the libation celebration. Libation celebration is a really cool... So that's on the right here. So this is in the morning and that's at night. As you can see, the, these are the lamps. These giant like giant lamps in the courtyards with fire. But it's interesting. This one doesn't really show it very much. But uh, it was actually said, if you hadn't been to Jerusalem during a libation celebration, you have not lived. They, I mean, the priests were like twirling fire and all the lampstands were lit in the whole courtyard and lights were going crazy and like they're throwing lights and, you know, you know, spitting fire and all sorts of crazy awesome stuff. And there's just music going crazy and people were, were singing and laughing and dancing. I see you dancing. So this was a party. This was a celebration. This was celebrating that God is the light. That they are the light to all nations. But Jesus says in John chapter 8, 
He says these words. He says, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus spoke these words in the temple the next, the next morning on this last day of the celebration. Probably in the, in the morning, I will, you know, it, the things are still steaming from all the, the crazy parties from the night before. The lampstands are you know, smoking still, smoldering. Maybe they might be cleaning up in the temple courtyards. And Jesus is saying, I am the light. I am the light. Which leads us into John chapter 9. Do you know, remember who, who's in John chapter 9? The blind dude. The guy who was born blind. And the disciples are even like, hey, who sinned, this guy or his parents? And Jesus is like, no, no, shut up. It's not about that. It's not about this sinner and his parents. He was born blind so that God may be glorified by his healing. But what does he say to the disciples? He says at the end of that, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And what happens with this guy? So they just got finished doing all these libation ceremonies every single morning, going down to the pool of Siloam to dip into living water. And Jesus goes up to this man who was born blind, (laughs) spits on the ground, mixes it and makes mud, puts it on the guy's eyes and tells him to go and wash in what? The pool of Siloam. To go and wash for healing in the living waters. Because the Holy Spirit opens the eyes for people to see. Our eyes have been muddied by, by sin, been muddied by the world, been muddied by our own perspective of reality and, and what's right and what's wrong and how we should live. And Jesus is saying, go and wash that crap off in the living waters. And he came back seeing. A man who was born blind as all of us were born blind spiritually every single one of us every single one of us was born spiritually well dead really (laughs) blind and dead and when god comes when jesus comes and we believe in him we believe upon the name we trust in the name of jesus christ and the cross of jesus christ his shed blood and broken body on the cross for us, in our place, for the forgiveness of sins. He sends His Holy Spirit to wash our eyes clean with living water so that we can truly see and truly live. That He is our living waters. He is our light. He is our vision I love how C.S. Lewis said it. He said, I believe in, this, in, the, in Jesus Christ. I believe in salvation. Like I believe in the sun rising. Not because I can see it, but because by it, I can see everything.
So Jesus in Sukkot. That Jesus is the light of the world. He is the living water, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, tabernacles, Sukkot, right? Sukkah, tabernacles, dwells with you. As Jesus even said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If anyone dwells with me, abides with me, tabernacles in me, and I in him, he can do, he can produce much fruit. He or she can produce much fruit. Jesus even said, Jesus, the word, in John chapter 1, verse 14, says, the word, Jesus, became flesh and tabernacled among us. And now he tabernacles in us. He said, we are living stones. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit, both individually and collectively as the church. God's Spirit resides in you, and God's Spirit resides in us. And when we come together, it's a powerful collision of Holy Spirit in one place. The presence of God in this place. The Bible says we are like living stones being built up into a holy house for spiritual sacrifices. To do that which God has called us to do. To live and abide by His commands. And what are His commands? Do you remember? To believe upon the name of Jesus Christ and to love one another. Super simple. That's it. Those are His commands. To believe, put your trust in your life upon the name, which we're going to talk about next week. It's going to be super fun. Upon the name of Jesus Christ and believe, and I'm sorry, and love one another. And the way that we can do that is by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Being led by Christ and living in the church. So the question, you know, like I said last week, can God's saints, us, celebrate Sukkot? Heck yeah! Why not? It's a, it's a great, great way, great way to celebrate the season. Now, because here's the thing, like, you don't have to be a Jewish person or a modern day, like, Judaizer and le- super legalistic and stuff, or, like, part of this whole Hebrew, you know, or this uh, Messianic Hebrew roots movement. Where like it's super law abiding, like you have to go back if you're going to celebrate this, the festivals, like you have to go back and follow all the Levitical laws to a T, and don't eat shellfish, and you know wear materials that of mixed materials. Of course, most most of us wear plastic, but you know that's another thing. But <laughs> so polyester is. But it all we don't have to be a part of these things or be like super legalistic about about observing the festivals in order to celebrate Sukkot. But here's the thing is like, it is so good. God already gave us great holidays, which means holy day. You know, holidays are simply holy day put into one word, right? These great and beautiful holy days for us to celebrate that A, is biblical and has instructions built in, right? We don't have to wonder how to observe it. Two, is part of a celebration that is over 3,000 years old. Celebrating this holiday is over 3,000 years old. Number three, number, you know, letter C, it celebrates the Lord. Why would you not want to be a part of a holiday that celebrates God, celebrates Yahweh? And D, and, and D 
It points directly to our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We can celebrate Sukkot because it points us back to Christ. Every time, every single festival points us back to Christ. Every single one, right? Like Feast of uh, the Teruah, the Yom Teruah, the, the Feast of Trumpets, the Annunciation, the Proclamation, the Celebration of the New Year, the newness of life. Yom Kippur, that Christ has become our sacrificial lamb and our scapegoat, that he has taken all of our sins outside the camp and redeemed us once and for all. That's why we don't have to sacrifice animals every year. Right? Because he became our sacrifice once and for all. And and Sukkot, that he is the presence of God. He is the light of of the world and he is the living water that he is god's presence walking with us he is god's he, he he reminds us that god gives us his provisions and protection and presence and fills us so that we can gather together and celebrate that and party together who wouldn't want to party for 7 days straight hello <laughs> can you hang i'm i can hang <laughs> and <laughs> but it's interesting though so you know many believe and and we can and we can discuss this later but many many scholars believe that Jesus actually was most likely born during the time of Sukkot and we can we can have I can have a whole whole conversation we can I'll take you out to coffee if you guys are curious about that it's great it's really really fun So Passover was when John the Baptist was born, and then six months later was when Jesus would have been born. And there's a whole other, a bunch of other reasons about that same time, yeah. And has some stuff to do with like the priesthood that Zechariah was part of, and the numbers of you know in the Old Testament of when they would serve in the temple. And so when Zechariah, you know, his uncle was in the temple offering sacrifices and hear, and heard from the angel, doubted and everything. That was during a certain portion. And then a certain amount from there, like you go to Passover and then from there you get to, you know, Sukkot. And it's a whole, it's a conversation. It's great. It's awesome. Super nerdy, but I don't. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. But anyway, so, so the question here this morning, so can we celebrate Sukkot? Absolutely. There's so many different, so many different reasons why we can celebrate the Jewish festivals. Now, it's like if you celebrate Halloween or Christmas or Easter, pfft, go at it. Go for it. It's the, you're not evil. You're not sinning. Like, it's not, like, this is not a legalistic, like, you used to do only the God's festivals, you sinners. Stop cutting down Christmas trees. That's pagan. We can have a conversation about why I did, but, <laughs> but, I mean, we still, we still do that. I mean, we still, we still celebrate Christmas with our family. So it's, it's, it's not, again, guys, it's not about being legalistic. It's not about saying like, we gotta do it right. It's, it's a, it's about connecting with God. If it connects with God and His presence, do it. That's why I love these festivals. It's, it's all about God. It's all about communing with God. It's all about celebrating Christ and His presence. And so the question, you know, so the other question is, does God, does Jesus tabernacle or dwell within you? Yes. Does Jesus tabernacle with you? Does he lead you, as we talked about last week, does he lead you? And this morning I want to ask, does he fill you? 
Does he fill you with his presence? Do you spend your time daily in his presence? In his company? To let him bless you and lead you? And for you to have an opportunity to bless the Lord and to connect with him, the one who bought you by his precious blood. Again, as a reminder that the Feast of Sukkot remembers that God provides provision, protection, and presence for those who love him. So we can gather and celebrate together with great joy. That's what our faith is all about. Joy. That's what our faith is all about, is the presence of God and us together celebrating who God is. Because God is our hope, our salvation, our peace, our direction, our glory. And the church is, his, is the expression of his love and grace that we can show and experience with one another. So God gave, him his, God gave us himself and he gave, gave us one another. So believe, place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the glory and the hope of him and love one another. Be devoted to one another. Now, we're not going to be perfect at it, guys. Now, I'm a living, walking testimony of church hurt. Right? Church hurt. Church hurt. Church hurt. So if you know people that have left the church angry, upset, disappointed, frustrated, ticked off. There's a lot of... You're among friends. <laughs> right. But, it's, but we all found that same commonality that we know that God loves His church. He died for His church. And so there must be something beautiful in it. There must be something powerful in the gathering of His saints. So if we're misrepresenting God to one another, we need to correct each other in love and in grace. God has given us His people to be the expression of this Protection, this provision and protection and presence. He has given us a people. He's given us a people to celebrate with. He's given us a people to feast with. He's given us friends to weep with. People to rejoice with. And to be with and to share life with one another. Closer than even, you know, familial blood. Like His blood runs through our spirits and creates us to be even deeper blood relatives because of the blood of Christ. So this is the beauty and the glory of Sukkot. Jesus is the light of the world, and He has poured out His Holy Spirit within you that you that living waters would flow from within, out of celebration, and joy. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we are so in awe of you. You are so good. You are so powerful. All glory and honor, strength and power, wealth and majesty be to your name forever and ever. Lord, this morning as as we digest these things as we wrestle with these things and respond. 
And as we take communion, Lord, I pray that you would, you would work in our spirits, that you would connect with us here today and show us, Lord, where, how do you want us to live these things out? How do you want us to celebrate? How do you desire for us to come together and create relational opportunities for you to work? How do you want to relate to each one of us individually and personally to spend time in your presence every day, to bless us and for us to bless you? And God, to celebrate in joy and live our lives through joy and love for you, Lord. Be with us today as we respond. In Jesus we pray. Amen.